Yo, 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 what's up? It's your boy DJ Rick Monster. Welcome to the third installment of the Monster Match podcast interview style episode. I don't know what to call it exactly, but that's what it is. Uh, right here, I have a special guest today, one of the homies. I've been DJing alongside this dude for a long ass time, it feels like. We've done a lot of gigs together, grew up together, and just did a lot of bullshit together, too, at the same time. <laughs> Uh yeah, welcome DJ Vic Monster. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy to be here. It's a hot Friday afternoon. Hot as hell. But you know, making it. Making it. Yeah. <laughs> just making it. <laughs> yeah, we're just making it. Uh, what's going on, Vic? How you doing? Shit, man, I just chilling, dude. Just been chilling. I've been off all week, like I told you earlier. So I just been hanging out, man. Just trying to stay out the heat a little bit and just hang out the house. Hell yeah, that's all you can do this hot as the last two weeks have been super hot. I think we talked about it earlier, but yeah, it's been majorly hot. You still I used uh you're still working, right? Right now. Uh yeah, I'm working, but this week, uh because of July fourth, we got the week off. So I've been off since uh, July third or some shit like that. So I just been kicking at the house. That's your regular regular job, but I mean you're you're a man of a thousand fucking things you do you know what i'm saying several 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 yeah. things you're like and i guess you could say i don't want to say an activist because i think you've been doing this what it is to be an activist a long time without even being an activist i guess you could say i don't know if, if you understand what i'm saying yeah what I mean. no I, I understand what you're saying i try not to even call myself fucking titles i really don't care for any type yeah, of titles yeah, yeah. i just been doing shit Honestly, just to do shit yeah, just, just for your hood for, me, for your for the, you know for the homies for the Anyone who wants to get down and stuff that interests me, that's what I do stuff for. And it's, I mean, if it's good for the community, it's fucking cool with me, you know. But, I, yeah, no titles. Just doing shit just for yeah. the sake of doing it. Okay, well, I guess, uh, well, for the main the main thing I want to talk about is your DJ background. But, you, like I said, you have a lot of... Uh, a lot of things that you, you dip dip and dive into, dip dive dodge dick <laughs> yeah. and all that. Fucking <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you 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 definitely are a man of different uh, you know what I'm saying different fucking. I don't know what you want to call different them. Different trades. Yeah, different trades. Just different. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I, w- I just want to start like we'll, we'll get into all that, but you know we'll branch out. But f- for the most part, like when did you start DJing? You know, for, like, people like me and you and people in our uh, group of friends, um, this shit's always been around us, man. You know, it's just, like, it calls us at different times. Because even before I started DJing, excuse me, even before I started DJing, I had always been around it. I would always seen DJs, I'm sure you have, in different Mm. parties and different, uh, you know, live musical events. I would always been around DJs. It's it's something that we've, we've always been around. But I didn't really get drawn to it till maybe like really early into high school. Um, I just one day decided to buy like a a DJ set. Like they had, they used to sell DJ. Well, they do now. Again, you know, don't get me wrong, but they sold them. Uh, it was like a box set that had like two turntables, a mixer, and like a shitty pair of headphones. And uh, that's basically where I started at. You know, with no type of teaching, no type of like mentoring, just trying to imitate what I thought DJing was um and just with like a few records I had lying around the house that's that's kind of how I started was it was it a Gemini setup yeah it was a Gemini setup there was like I think there were three different packages and uh they actually sold it at media play and media play for anyone who doesn't know used to be like uh 
an all media store. Pretty much like a Best Buy type of thing. It was like Best, yeah, basically like Best Buy. But I had books, books, magazines, DVDs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Media Play was fucking sick though because they yeah. had like everything though, like even music wise, uh, tapes, cassettes, everything. They had like varieties. I remember when I started buying hip hop CDs, like they had a hip hop section, then they had like an indie hip hop section. Oh, had, really? Like, atmosphere, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like all the weird shit, mm-hmm. and uh, even the Spanish, like they had like you know the cumbia section, they had Norteño section, and they had oh, like yeah, uh, yeah. pop rock. And that's just that shit was important, you know, because it's like it, it didn't pigeonhole everything into one category. It just showed like the diversity. But they they also at some point they sold musical equipment, like not the greatest shit, but a lot of good stuff for beginners, like mm-hmm. beginner guitars and bass and shit like that. And they had like these uh these boxes that were by Gemini, and I think it, it might have been two or three, but I know one was Belt Drive, which is the one I got, which is the cheapest set, and then the next one was Direct Drive, and then so on and so forth. So I bought the cheapest one, which was a. Uh, it was two direct drive turntables. Oh, I'm sorry, two belt drive turntables and a like shitty shit kind of mixer and like some headphones. Your parents bought you that or you bought that yourself? <laughs> no, nah, man, I bought that. I bought that. I like used to cut yards and shit when I was a kid. Um, and uh, I think my, my dad would always help me out if, if I if I uh, could come up with like half. Okay. You yeah. know, so if I like earned one half, he'd help out with the other half. Like, you know, I bought like a bike that way and. And then when I got into wanting some equipment, like he's like, "Well, if you get half, then I'll get the other half." So it was something like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But, uh, I remember picking it up at, at Media Play, just this big ass dumb box, and just put it together and just started going from there. So your family, your family has always been a part of music since you were even before you were born. You know what I mean? So, but so it wasn't something like they were tripping on that you were getting into DJing and things like like that. No, no, not at all. Uh, yeah, my, my dad and my brothers uh, are all musicians. Myself, I play several instruments. But I got, you know, I got into DJing. And no, they, they didn't care about it. They were totally fine with it. And it was just something to do, you know, because I spent hours, you know, at the crib just fucking DJing. And I wasn't even fucking good. Like, I know I wasn't good. I, I yeah. didn't know anything. I was just going from left to right. I didn't know anything about, like, matching tempos and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, I mean, I just spent hours practicing trying to like figure out how to how to get um the music to sound correctly and then uh i mean it it, then it helped when i started buying like like genres that made sense together because all the records i had at the time were like stuff that was didn't mesh well um so at media play also at the time they sold records um you know so I, i started buying records there and at the same time i started going to the groove shop which at that time was already on uh, State Street when they had that like fucking warehouse. Yeah, behind Lino's. Yeah, yeah, and, and I would buy records there, and then that kind of um, helped me out become a better DJ, like mixing like BPMs and genres that made a little bit more sense together. Okay, that's what's up. And th- and then you bought, I believe you had um, a pair of Stantons that you bought later on. Yeah, uh, so- but that's. You still have them. That, those are the ones you use on your porch. The yeah, music. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, those fuckers still work really well. Man. Yeah. I've kept them in good condition and they work well. I use it for my home, uh, like for my home stereo. Um, Audio file type thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's the I use one, you know, upstairs, but it sounds awesome. It works well. The motor works well. I bought that one, you know, once I was because um, when I first bought turntables, I didn't even know what the difference between a belt drive and a direct drive was. Yeah. Um, once I, you know, found out what direct drive was, then I tried to find something that was a little bit more in my budget because techniques, you know, were still expensive. I mean, they still are expensive, yeah. you know, and it's like I couldn't spring, you know, $1,000 for one fucking turntable, mm-hmm. you know, 2000 for fucking both. 
the stands were a little bit more of my alley. I think they were like maybe 500 each or something like that. So I bought them one at a time. But yeah, I still use it and it still works well. Like if I ever have to, you know, need it for an emergency, <coughs> it, still, it still runs really well. Yeah. I remember clearly um, you going with me to go buy my first pair of turntables at, at the group shop yeah, right yeah. there by Lino's. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first thing I was looking at, I was looking at the lower budget ones, the new marks. And uh, the new Mark mixer they had and everything. And uh, I remember specifically, um, Jess One was telling me, he's like, hey, if you got $1,000, you know, you can get the fucking techniques, you know what I mean? Like, that way, you know, you buy those and you'll be stripped, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll probably have to, you know, later on we, we found out, yeah, you might have to fix the RCAs, a little shit here and there. But for the most part, those motherfuckers are tanks. Yeah. Like, even if you fuck some shit up, you know, send to go fi- get fixed and it's fine, you know what I mean? I've I've only had my RCAs go out on on them, but other than that, they work fu- fucking fine. Yeah. But them stands, the first stands you had, I remember they were really dope. I mean, because I had the new marks, and they were they were straight. They were, I I can't remember if they were belt drive or no. I'm pretty sure they were they were direct drives, but they were the motor in them was really whack compared to as soon as I tried out some techniques I was like oh shit mm, yeah. you can feel the difference. Feel difference before I had to really push mm-hmm. my record off and this one I just kind of gave it a slight yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah those, the techniques are like they're like fucking like Honda Civics with like an American motor yeah because they're meant to be like augmented shit because even mine I've had work done to them like the RCA cables and uh, even the power cables and uh, you know internally they work fine, but mm-hmm. those fuckers they're meant to last forever. You know, yep. as a matter of fact, when I bought my techniques, I bought them off some house DJ in Chicago, and he he sold me those just so he could get another pair of used like newer used twelve hundreds. Yeah. You know, but it's like once you have the twelve hundred, it's like you don't really go back to something else. You uh, you kind of just buy the same model. Yeah. You know, or I might upgrade to a model. Maybe you have some MK whatevers, and then you want to get the MP sevens or whatever the fuck right. they got out now. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean that's just how it goes for these turntables. Like you, but you have a a shitload of fucking equipment, pretty much. I've, I mean, I have a few things that I've gathered over the years, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't necessarily use it. I hold on to it just in case. Yeah. You know, like, you're not one of those guys that buy shit and then you know, like you just uh, just like dude. You hold on to all, all your things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. For, for, like, like, for purposes beyond me, like, I had another uh, controller, and one of my friends said his son wants to learn the DJ, so I was like, well, he could borrow it, and if he fucking gives up, just give it back to me, Yeah. you know? Uh, or if he likes it and upgrades, just give it back to me, yeah. and I'll just pass it on to the next kid or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's a good... Ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I have I have shit for reasons like that. Because 90 of these kids that start off, they'll they'll probably quit and in a year, less than a year. Right. Like, like you know, that's what you don't have to spend twenty yeah. bucks. Like if he likes it, cool, man, fuck it. Then you we, get we you upgrade to your own. Gives you know, back to me, and if he doesn't like it, then no harm, no foul. Yeah. You know, it's not my main device. Like I had my main devices kind of laid out. Um, and those are the ones that I just kind of keep a little closer to me. But as far as the spare shit, man, I'm, I'm okay with just kind of like parting with it temporarily you know just for the sake of helping somebody else out because shit is expensive uh reluctantly nowadays stuff is a little bit more cheaper certain things i guess but you know an expense is an expense man whether it's a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks you know it's yeah. like it's you know you don't get that shit back and if you sell stuff resell stuff it's like you know you won't see the full amount back you know so that's kind of why I've, I've, I've held on to certain things just to kind of soften the blow for some people 
That's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good way to think. That's a dope way to think because I've never really thought about it like that. I currently, uh, I let my brother borrow my controller just to see if he likes it. You know what I'm saying? Because, like I said in the past, I've I've tried to teach him, but I try to jump jump in while he's trying to fuck around with them, and yeah. he just gets thrown off. You know what I mean? Yeah, let them do their thing. Yeah. There, yeah. Luckily, man, my parents has always been cool as hell. Well, my pops has always been cool as fuck about me making noise at the crib and being loud as hell and I just kind of tell him hey I'm about to make some noise or whatever and he's like whatever yeah I never had any problems either man we'd be making noise till fucking late you know or early in the morning or however you want to see it and even right now I got my shit in my basement I'm like at odd hours of the day or at night just fucking around and I don't get any complaints from anybody yeah you got your girl Hey, keep that shit down. Nah, man. I've been pretty lucky. On, <laughs> and then your there. your daughter jump, jumps in there. And she usually just comes down and sees what's going on. Yeah, and, yeah but no one's bothered by the, the, by the sounds or anything, so that's pretty cool. That's what's up. As far as, like, uh, DJing goes, obviously, <laughs> you've had your gigs, you know, everywhere. As far as, it could be anything from DJing, from art parties, art shows, b-boy battles, and whatnot. <laughs> and now, right now, with everything going on with the COVID situation, what... Have you been doing to keep busy pretty much in these times? Um, I, I, well, we all know, like I said earlier, you have a job. So, that, I mean, number one, that that's whatever, what you're doing. But on the weekends, like, for as far as when it comes to DJing, what what, what do you got going on? Yeah, man. So, like, me, you know, fortunately, I, I do have my normal, like, everyday job. Um, but, like, I, I, like, last year I DJed a lot, man. Like, like more, mainly every weekend I was out of town and shit. And this year I was in the, like... I was, I was already gonna double that in cities and stuff <clears throat> I had a lot of large scale b-boy battles coming up in like different states and shit like that mm-hmm. and uh, yeah unfortunately they all got cancelled um, or not cancelled but postponed you know which is for the safety of everybody which is fine I wasn't tripping about it and I'm still not you know but uh, it just it just sucks that uh, um, you know it's just this is going on it's affecting so many people uh not just you know DJing wise, but work wise and stuff yeah. like that. Like just entertainment business in entertainment general. Entertainment and just you know there hasn't been a, whatever. Like there hasn't like I was you know getting really, uh, I was really opening up in my like uh, in just the b boy uh, community, and um, I was making a lot of noise. Um, but you know there hasn't been any competition, large scale competitions. You know in over six months. I think the last you know they they've all been online, which is cool. You know it's I'm online. Like, How does that work? It's basically like like you got a judge. It's it's kind of like you have judges, and they're watching you on Zoom, and you're battling somebody, and you're watching them on the screen. It's like if you set up your laptop and you do a round, mm-hmm. and you see the other guy do a round, and it's I mean that's it's it's just the format. You know it's online battles, and you have people. That's watching crazy. Online. I never even thought they were doing that. Like, at break, all. break free's done a lot of them. And they, they've been big, man. Like, you know, shout out to Break Free because they've been doing the online battles and, like, putting out big-ass prizes, dude. Like, like the same as a type of prize any other battle. I think the only thing that... that I'm not sure how they're doing the music because I, I haven't really been watching them. Because they, they've been big battles, dude, where they got, like, fucking 64, you know, brackets and shit like yeah. that all around the world. Um, I haven't been watching them much myself because it's just not... I'm not knocking it, but it's just not, like, really my thing, you know? Yeah. But uh, you know, just the format has changed right now. People are doing online online battles and things like that. Um, me, for instance, I was just I was doing a lot of mixes like early on, a lot of break mixes with a lot of stuff that I had sitting around, a lot of tracks that I hadn't played. Uh, recently, I've just been kind of looking for tracks online, 
and uh, just I'm saving those for when I get back out, uh, you know, and start doing things live. You have a lot of um, shit that nobody's really heard before. Uh, personally, I have never heard as far as music goes. When you make you make a lot of mixes, well, that's another thing you you make you record a lot of mixes. A lot of the mixes are are definitely shit that obscure one-off kind of things or people never heard or they even maybe even remixes of songs by other bands or whatnot mm -hmm. where do you find all this shit uh, man just all over either I, or has this this, this all, as far as the newer stuff that you've been putting out like is it been stuff you've always had or is it just stuff you've been looking for or blah, some blah, stuff blah. i've always had and i just don't play yeah like i have the problem where when I play battles, I'm like, man, let me save some of these tracks. And then at the end, I'm like, man, fuck, I had a shitload of tracks. Yeah, play. you probably have a. I got yeah. a shitload. Yeah, I've had actually people offer to buy me my buy my hard drive software. Yeah, fuck. Several times. Not bad. But uh, yeah, man, it's stuff that like I, I find online, you know, uh, on YouTube, um, you know, and, and I don't rip shit off YouTube, but I do find a lot of music on YouTube yeah. and try to find like the the files. Um, I still I still. Um, I haven't gotten record digging, man, just because, you know, a lot of stores have been closed. But I still yeah. do get stuff from vinyls, and I rip them with Audacity to my computer. Uh, I do a lot of that still. And then, you know, just go from there, man. Like, if I find a band or a track that I like, I'll look them up online and see if I could find more of their music or more, like, uh, members who have done, like, solo shit and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, okay, so you look, um, look at the members, see what they've done. It's like certain people on the piano, certain people on the drums, certain people. I mean, that's just regular, um, straight digging. Yeah, yeah. Digging music yep, yep. type shit. And even, uh, I mean, I've even gotten back and looked at stuff that I already had, but just never listened to the other tracks. Like, I got this uh, Malo track that I play a lot, and I always had the record. I just never fucking heard the track, you know, because I, I, you only hear, like, the popular shit. You know? Yeah. But when I went back, I'm like, man, this shit's fucking tight. Mm -hmm. So I started playing it at Battles. Um, uh, you know what I'm saying so just kind of like backlogging man like like sometimes we have music or we have or how motherfuckers listen to music nowadays but yeah. you know we skip tracks here and there and come to find out that that's like the best track in the album you know that's so how many how, do you think how many mixes have you done during this whole COVID type thing I know you dropped quite a few I did shit though man I probably did like 20 yeah and I just, I, I just stopped <laughs> yeah you did kind of stop yeah. recently huh yeah I just uh, <clears throat> not you know, like like I all that all those ideas I had like in my head, and I was just putting them out there. But <clears throat> you know, half of the other ideas come from just being out. Mm. Like I like you know when I was go to battles, just watching other people, you know, experiencing other scenes, or when I'm just like out just regular digging, you know, just yeah. like those people experiences, you know, uh, just just random shit, man. Just being in a room with strangers, like what's playing in the background you know the clothes people are wearing the sounds you know people's ringtones and shit like that like that those are the things that really inspire me and uh <clears throat> you know i haven't really left the house much you know just to you know for essential shit i guess work gas groceries but i haven't really done those like extra you know activities that i like to do because of you know just stuff's been canceled or stuff's been closed or stuff's been like limited to like you know five or six people or shit like that yeah. so it's been kind of like difficult to really pull that extra like inspiration okay okay I see you another question I was gonna ask you uh, as far as well we'll start with Rockford but as far as Rockford goes <clears throat> who are some of your biggest inspirations as far as DJs uh, let's say DJs and then inspirations is all, all, all around hip hop type 
type thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything hip hop, DJ wise or whatever. Um, man, you know, like local's always been an inspiration for me. He's um, a local, and he's someone who I met like recently. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like within the last few years, but mm-hmm. like I would always see his name on flyers. And he always had like this image, like this like um, um, like this really like phantasm esque image of this dude who like no one knew who he was, you know. Mm-hmm. And when I met him, I actually met him at Kryptonite, and we were talking, and I didn't even know it was fucking him. It was just some dude when we were just talking, talking about music, and he's like, "Oh, I'm DJ Loco." But I was like, "Man, what the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I always looked up to Just One uh, from. Not even so much from a DJ aspect, but from, like, a business aspect. Mm-hmm. Because he was able to do something that, like, no one uh, at that time, and even to this day, has been able to, like, recreate. Like, Groove Shop was such a, like, cultural center point for a lot of us. And I know it got rough, you know, because of, like, Napster and Kazan and all that bullshit. You know, that's, pre- like, primarily why they had to close down was because of, like, you know... Um, like uh, audio uh, bootlegging and shit like that mm-hmm. but I think now you know in 2020 they'd be thriving man because like record stores are doing fine you know people are buying all kinds of uh, equipment you know equipment so much more mobile so much more affordable um, so he's someone who I also just always looked up to man I always appreciated the group shop always appreciated like just the love you know uh, they would they would uh, he would give us uh, when we'd go in there man just you know buying records and just to hang out and shit never tripped out um, of course, you know, just my peers, man, like, you know, you and, you know, Danny and Stress and all the homies, man, just like mm-hmm. always, uh, we could always, um, pull, you know, some extra inspiration off each other, whether it be breaking or DJing, like ideas and idea, you know, any way it comes to you, it doesn't really matter what form it is. So I, I, how I mentioned earlier, like now my ideas come from DJing, it's like from just being outside yeah. and being in like certain environments, but, uh man you know that's really it you know it's like i could think off the top of my head but i mean there's so many people that like have contributed um you know to to like our coming up and and uh just the the culture in general in rockford that don't get like too much credit but you know they know who they are they're fucking out there and shit for sure now as a dj as far as like djs globally who's somebody that you definitely like fuck i want to be like him or them that you fuck with a lot globally on like a huge scale um like we were talking about the uh the beat junkies earlier and they're they're someone who's taking dj into like new new levels um <clears throat> because not only do they still dj um you know like parties and mixes and they also do like the exhibition style where you know like they get a 20 minute set to just go crazy you know mm-hmm. and they do the group shit like tag team djing <clears throat> but now they have uh an actual like online and physical school where they teach students and it's not just like a one course it's like it's like an ongoing course yeah people have been there for months and shit they have like kids they have adults pretty much from novice to advanced yeah yeah and now you know they're setting up different classes different curriculums and shit to do everything scratching they graduate and the whole nine everything and you know they're setting up those kids and or those adults you know for success to be a entrepreneurs and to have a skill set and also just like a fucking dope uh, hobby that you know really is has kept a lot of us out of major trouble you know so that's someone who i really look up to um i've also always looked up to a track because he's always yeah, he's always been dope he's always been like a really versatile dj because he could do all the hip-hop Bro, he could do everything he could do it all you, you throw him music. on an edm <clears throat> stage he'll shit shut it yeah. down you throw him on a backpack 90s anything, stage he'll do anything. you know what i'm saying and also i mean he's famously was Kanye west dj for a long time 
but he also had his own label or he still has his own label fool's gold and you know just another like taking dj you know you know you look at him he's like the background motherfucker but in reality he's like the dude you know what i'm saying yeah. like he's taking what he knows um and taking it to a whole new level and creating new uh just new uh, opportunities for for djs and shit like that that's what's up obviously like we were talking about earlier um you and me have been through a lot of things yeah. together as far as when you and me and the whole crew my brother and everybody you yeah. know so everybody is involved everybody in the hood so what are some stories that you want to bring up from back in the day that you remember i saw this one i was thinking about this shit the other day and i never i never told anybody not that it was bad or anything like that yeah. but it's just it was it was funny um i was i was getting my haircut it was a fucking october afternoon Okay. On a Saturday, and I was getting my haircut with Joe, Joe the Joe barber, Chize, Joe Chize. who's a friend of ours. Uh, and we always used to get our haircuts by him, and he used to cut hair over there by uh, where Coliseum used to be. Yeah, yeah. On the At, uh, what, 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 that wasn't Mireya. Was no, it was, it was some. Well, I can't remember what the fuck it was. That lady. Yeah. That lady's little yeah. salon, whatever. What? So me and Joe are friends, right? Yeah. So when I walk in there, like it could be twenty clients, but yeah. he's gonna talk to me because. We're fucking cool. You know, mm-hmm. everyone else just have to fucking sit there and pay yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah. The night before, there was a party uh, where it used to be that Mexican restaurant right there by where Portillo's is. There was a Mexican restaurant? Yeah, in that little mall. Like, you know, Oh, you're talking about... Um, <laughs> it's, it was uh, Tierra and Mar or something. Some, 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 some yeah, shit. Yeah, it, like it, that. It, that restaurant used to be on Broadway back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And right. now, then it was in that little mall, whatever. Yeah, and so. But in that mall, we we went to a party there. You DJ the party. I did the party. Jump there? off! It was that Friday. Oh, at Miranda's. Well, I can't remember what the fuck it was called, but I, I remember I was there. It was a Halloween party. And I remember you used that Newmark CDJ set I had. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Because it was just easier to play. Like, well, I remember I used vinyl too. I think I had both setups there. One, I, yeah, something like that. But at the time. You know, like reggaeton and all that shit was getting a lot more popular. Mm-hmm. And that stuff was just easier to find online. And hip-hop records, you could still find them, you know, in person. But, you know, with, especially with Latin, like like the, all the Evie Queen and Dego, all that shit mm-hmm. was like, you know, on Kazar or whatever. <clears throat> but I remember you were playing the music. And the fucking the owner or some shit like that, he came up to you and said, he said, hey, man, this ain't the West Side. Oh, fuck. He did say it to me. And... I remember he like had like this curly hair. He looked like a soccer kid. Yeah, and I, I was cock standing sucker. right behind you, like, man, shit, we're about to fucking jump this dude. And and I remember just like after that, like the night just kind of like shifted. I was like, oh man, this shit ain't fun no more, you know. <clears throat> Although, that, that was definitely early on when I started DJing. Right, yeah. man, I had those those numerics like. And I, honestly, I think that day I definitely probably borrowed some of your records that night. You might have, you might have, you might even borrow the sound. I don't even know, but I know the new mark for sure was there. And I think I'm pretty sure it was you and Jump Puff. But I remember, so I'm telling Joe this, right? I'm like, man, yeah, this is a fucking piece of shit, man. Like, yeah. fuck that, dude. Oh, and he was there. Dude, all the while, Joe's cutting this dude's hair. He turns him around, and it's that fucking kid. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> dude, but he looked at me, and he didn't say shit. And he walked out, he paid Joe, and didn't say anything. And the whole time I'm talking about him, dude, I'm like, man, this fucking dude with this curly ass fucking Oh, hair. wow. And, but the... <laughs> And Joe, I don't know if he knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, he's laughing because yeah. I'm talking shit about this kid. And he spins him around. And we look at each other. I'm like, <laughs> oh, damn. That's a that's a golden ass <laughs> fucking story, bro. But he didn't say shit. He didn't yeah. say shit. And I don't know. And I was, if he was there, I probably wouldn't the same thing. Yeah. He's like, damn, this motherfucker's talking shit. I'm right here. 
<laughs> well, fuck that dude because I ended up whooping his ass later on in life at uh. Oh, you well, we got into a big ass fight at uh. What the fuck was it? Uh, Those legendary big ass fights on your on Sunday. First Friday, no, first Fridays at um. What was that fucking restaurant over there by JMK? Oh, uh, Giovanni's? Nah, not Giovanni's. Uh, Francesco's. Francesco's, yeah. Yeah, him and his crew. With their ass, whatever. Was that the New Year's fight? No, it was New Year's. It was in December. It was that video that was going yeah, on online. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyways, that was when in my youth, like, people... Uh, but yeah. you know what? Like, that kid... And you know what? And he was a kid. His parents owned a restaurant. Yeah. He, he was maybe our age, if not younger. He's like maybe a year or two younger. But, you know, that kid. goes back to what... Uh, like boy genius was talking about about this like uh club racism and shit like that yeah man. like well what the fuck do you want us to play dude yeah. you know if, mm-hmm. as long as the girls are dancing and and dudes are buying drinks and that's all that should matter as long yeah. as there's not like a serious issue mm-hmm. but if the the issue won't stem from the music yeah it's not gonna stem from fucking evie queen motherfucker yeah. you know what i'm saying that's the same kid that i think he called me somebody gave him my number and he told me, because I didn't get hired by him for that party. I think Jump Off brought me with him or something. Mm-hmm. But before that, or maybe after that, I, I think it was before that, he had hit me up talking about, hey, you want to DJ Club Miranda's or blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, what kind of music do you want? You know what I'm saying? Because at the time, you know, like I've always, like I've said before, when I started DJing, I was like, Young Jeezy, that's what the fuck I want to hear. Right, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But later on, Little by little, I found out hey, I gotta play for the females. I gotta play for right. the people, yeah. whatever. But um, the dude talked to me and he's like, "Yeah, so what do you? Uh, this is the same kid that you're talking about." And he's like, <laughs> okay. "He said, well, I said, what kind of music do you want?" He said, "Oh, like top 40 I'm like, "What? What kind of top forty? Like, you know, like just give me an idea." Yeah. He's like, "Oh, I don't know, something like um, Good Home Alabama." That's what he told me, and I'm like, "Good oh. Home Alabama? Nah, you know what?" I think you're looking at the wrong guy. You should look for somebody else. Yeah. Just respectfully, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. wasn't trying to talk shit to him or nothing right. like that. Yeah. I was like, you know what, my guy, you know what? That's not what I do. I think you should probably look for somebody else. You know, I'm, if I, I waste your time. But, but I didn't call him. He called me. But um, he said, no, nah, no, nah, well, what do you... I'm like, well, I just don't really play that. He's like, well, if if you don't play that kind of music, you're not going to make it here in Rockford. That's what he told me. Oh, that's it. That motherfucker told you. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this motherfucker <laughs> right here. And I got off the phone. And at the time, Joe, Joe was cutting hair here. Okay. So it had to be before that. It had to uh, be before the story you're talking about. Because mm. everybody was right here getting their yeah. hair cut. Because people don't know my boy Joe tries to used to cut. He cut. When we first met him, he cut in a salon. And I think he left that salon mm. on the south side. And I, I told my pops, my dad was is cool as hell. So he's like, hey, you know what? If he wants to cut his hair here, Saturdays and Sun, uh, you know, Friday, Friday and Saturdays, Saturday, yeah. he come through. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what he would do. Pretty much, I go to work, I come back, and he's already there cutting hair. Right. You know, we, we let him. We got him, got him a key and everything. Yeah. And we let him do his thing all day, all night. Motherfuckers would come in here all, every day, get their hair cut. But yeah, I remember them sitting around me. At the time, while wow, he's telling me this, so when I got off the phone with him, I told him, I'm like, this motherfucker right here told me <laughs> I wasn't going to be shit. But yeah, I be still seeing him around. I'm like, man, fuck this dude. Oh, really? I still don't like him. Hell no. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't know who he was. I just remember, I, I swear, I remember standing behind you, and he said that, and I'm just yeah. like... What did I say back? I don't think he said anything, which mm-hmm. was, surprised me, which actually scared me more. Yeah. Like, Damn, he's really going to hit on this <laughs> I think you just said, like, okay, but, like, w- like looked at but him. But I think... Well, obviously back then, and then 
back then we definitely were mixing in reggaeton and everything yeah, you know what I'm saying I, I think the he, yeah and I think at the time we were playing a lot of uh, jibs this yeah, and, and those, memes with this why yeah, I'm hot and those these kind of like, raps uh, like that yeah yep that's exactly what it is Huey and shit like yep. that, pop lock and drop he just and died didn't he he recently died yeah in and his own hood I think some shit like that yeah but uh, yeah, man, and, and I remember you know the crowd being was mainly Mexican. I think it was mainly Mexican. Yeah, it was it was, it was like a, a Hispanic club type thing. But you know, it was the youngsters, people our age, and they want that's what but they want to hear. You know, that's they one of those type of dudes that okay, all right, I'm gonna play a bunch of rancheros and shit. Like, yeah. oh, Same fucking farm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just a uppity ass motherfucker. I think he, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing now, but I give a fuck. But anyways, yeah, I became someone, motherfucker. That's all I know. I'm gonna let you know. But no, I, I just remember that. Like I was thinking about. Oh, you know why I remember? You know why I remember that? It, what, what what specifically kicked in my mind when I seen him? Okay, so one art district night, and it was packed as fuck. Art district mm-hmm. is a party we throw here. Um, well, we haven't done we done it once or twice this year, but at district, and it's basically an art party where we have live artists on stage painting while we're DJing so one night I believe it was last year or the, even the year before that packed house a line outside to get in it was summertime and I, I, I I'm not gonna lie there was probably like a hundred people outside in line waiting and I thought it was hilarious because I seen that motherfucker in line you know what I'm saying <laughs> I'm like and I'm, it, just, it just kicked in my, in my head I'm like this motherfucker told me I wasn't gonna be shit. Now he's in here. Now he's here waiting to come see me. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? That's hilarious, bro. Well, man, like I guess you know me. Like, so me as a DJ, like I can't say I've been hired much. I've been booked a lot, and the difference is when people book me, they know what they're expecting. Mm -hmm. When you know when I do the battles, they know I'm coming with the shit. You know, when I do certain art things, they yeah. know that I'm going to play, yeah. and, and I'm fine with that. You're That's probably you're probably out of all of us. You're definitely the first one to start DJing for those art crowds for sure. Because and, and man, back then, and I mean, I'll get back to that. But uh, you know, like it's like bar owners and shit. You gotta know who you're who you're booking, man. Like you gotta know that this person is gonna. This is why people come see this person. Yeah. You know, because there is a lot of mobile DJs, and I'm not knocking them, but I've seen some who are fucking garbage you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying like they play what's popular but they don't mix them they don't there's no like uh, aesthetic there's no type of vibe to it it's just playing tracks and if that's what you want then that's fine you know you know, pay mm-hmm. accordingly but if you want someone who's really tailoring to your audience to their music to their styles you know like you have to respect that and respect what they're doing and the type of people they're bringing you know and guys like that you know he's, he's a dime a dozen man there's a lot of people who think that way and that's why we can't really get anywhere, you know. I mean, I'm not saying you guys haven't made strides, but it's still not like, you know, an easy, um, easy road. And that's why, you know, me personally, that's why I did start doing more of those art shows. Mm-hmm. And when I started doing art shows, dude, there'd be like fucking 10 people there. Yeah, There'd yeah. be no one there. Like, no one would come out, you know. It'd be like the same few people drinking PBR and shit. But, you know, I was having a good ass time, yeah, though, yeah. you know. Well, and now it's the thing to do. It's you know crazy. Every man. every every art art scene, art two scene, times a year. It's, be, it's become more, and is, more of a thing. Yeah, young kids are coming out and, and all the spots around. are packed. Yeah. And there's always after parties. I mean, shit. Last art scene, which would have been spring 2019, because it got canceled. 2020 got canceled. Dude, I DJed fucking three times that day. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and that, dude, that shit was awesome. You know, yeah. and even before that, I think fall art scene, I DJed 
you know, Friday and Saturday, probably like twice, both, you know, those days. And it's like, you know, and it's for, it's for audience who really want to experience something different, who want to hear something different, who want to like a different, uh, you know, a different atmosphere, a different vibe. And that's the shit I've always fucked with, man. And that's not mm-hmm. knocking anyone else who does like the club and stuff like that. That shit's cool too, man. But it's just, maybe I don't like dealing with the fucking the politics the kids, of the whole like the shit. guy, like that guy. Yeah. You know, telling me some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? What I really like about those art shows is that the fact that you kind of can play whatever the fuck you want. If you want to play some really cool shit, you can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like some shit that you've never played out or some really neat shit. And that's kind of like basing. This podcast, when it comes to DJing, is basing it off playing shit that you don't get to play out. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of shit out there that I would love to play, that I would like to introduce people. But people just don't have the head for it, the sound for it. And that's kind of what I want as far as... There's a time and place for it. Yeah, obviously, there's a time and place for everything. I'll be at, you know one of these bars I'm gonna fucking play like Run the Jewels yeah 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 but I'll play that shit at the Tech art Nine. show or I'll play that I shit I hate when motherfuckers ask me for Tech Nine oh really Tech Nine does have some songs though that are club friendly but it's still like it's, it's an acquired taste yeah the beats are tight but his lyrics are just so like all over that it would be like what the fuck yeah you know but uh the fuck would be like man bro if you play Tech Nine right now the party go crazy I'm like eh, nah no I don't think so bro yeah, Tech Nine. No, yeah, Tech Nine's in the acquired taste, man. You could play Tech Nine for like a bunch of juggalos, dude. They go fucking nuts. Yeah, you know, but, and that's their taste, and that's yeah. fine. Like, it, and it's fine to have like a time and place for shit like that. And that's why, when I have been a part of those art shows, man, I will play like the most random. You know, I, I'll play Spanish shit. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. and I've and I've gotten gigs for people who want me to play like that Latin seventies funk, and just like they really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, man, I, I can't even count with both hands the times that people have come up to me like, hey, what's the name of that track or who was that band? And I'll give it to certain people if I, if I know they're generally interested. Like, like if it's a random white dude, mm-hmm. like, hey, man, what is that? I'm like, that's this, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, if it's someone else, I'm some fuckboy, I'm, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I, I have given out track names to people who I know are going to appreciate the tracks and who really are into like that. You know, I've never heard anything like this before, you know? Yeah. And that's really where I've uh, thrived and really are, those are the type of gigs that I have like I I sit out for um or where I could play those like really unique tracks or like remakes of popular songs and covers of popular songs that you might have not heard um flipped in a certain way that's so yeah like I was saying the the shows man they're like I've been doing it the last two three years probably and every time I do them and I just get to do some dope shit just some shit that I just never get to play out and everybody enjoys it. Everybody's cool with it. And those are the ones, you you know, I'll get lucky if I get 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, you know, from them gigs. But at the same time, I get to play it when I want. So I'm like, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? It's dope. I'll, I'll do this shit for free if I have to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, usually with those, I'm like, I'm usually not bringing anything. Yeah, so. Or I'm trading for like art, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I usually trade for like, I, you know, you could pay me a fucking art prints for like, yeah, yeah. I'm cool with that. But I'm, not, I'm also not taking wedding gigs from people. I'm not taking club gigs. Like, I, I try to be respectful of that, too, because I know people do make a living off shit like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I stay in my lane when it comes to certain things like that. I know one show I did at the fucking art museum, um, they had two DJs. They had me and, um, fuck, they had someone else. And he was playing, like, techno music, which was fine, you know. But the artist, she's from Chicago, and she works with, like, a lot of inner city kids. And she's like, Vic, I need you to play just some fucking gangster rap for real she wanted, she wanted dude like you know this like middle aged white chick yeah cool as fuck and I'm like oh no 
Okay. That's, that's not the boxer lady, is it? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah she's yeah. an artist as well? She did all the all the stuff in there. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, Cheryl Pope. She did all the art. Um, and it was a fucking dope show, man. Like, the really, the message behind it. But, you know, her vibe, like, she didn't want... Not that she, she had wanted anything, a, uh, not that she had anything against the techno in the house. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, you know, a part of her vision. Like, she yeah. wanted, like, some hip-hop shit. So, I'm like, man, fuck. First thing I played was, like, NWA. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, cool. Like, now we're... We're in mm-hmm. like cahoots, you know. We're gonna just like you said right now, there's a place and time for everything. Yeah, absolutely, man. A vibe for everything. Yeah, yeah, and that's what she wanted. And when you can work with people like that who have like a clear cut understanding, and she's like, you know, I don't care if it's cuss words or anything like that's just, Oh, that's what's so, up. Because because there was like kids there. Yeah. So I was playing. Uh, I don't even remember what I was playing, but I was in. I think I was my. I think he started, and I was gonna kind of go off of that. But uh, then I was like, all right, shit, don't fucking gotta say less, man. So I started playing just more like '90s hip hop shit, and that's like the vibe that she wanted and you know that show it's uh, still like been one of probably one of my favorite shows that the art museum has done that's been the most inclusive to like uh minorities because that's what they really wanted and there was you know a shitload of black people there shitload of mexicans there like who mm-hmm. had probably never been inside a museum let alone, uh, let alone know that there was a fucking museum you know what yeah. I'm saying? so people it's, were like it's really nice and big in there too dope, people, people, people kind of slack on not knowing about that place, you know what I mean? It's cool, and they they try to do some, or they they were, they had some plans for like this year, but you know, again, with everything going on, it's like everything had to get kind of put, you know, in storage for the time being. Nice. Or with it, obviously they can't have. They're not open right now. They're open, but still like limited. You okay. know, they can't have like the big crowds that they yeah. used to having, you know, that they anticipate having. Like that day was probably like three hundred people. You yeah. know, there's like, there's no way they can have that many people in there right now, uh, with you know the social distancing. Rules yeah, it's definitely that. it's rough out there. I mean, I know I've had the managers from the bars hit me up talking about yeah we're gonna open up soon if you're down to DJ soon. I'm just like uh, I'm I'm like I'm cool yeah whatever I'm down but. I guess at the same time you only get to have twenty five percent of people in there. You know if if you get let's just say the bar holds 400 people 25 percent of that is 100 people and i'm not going to come in for 25 percent of my pay that's for damn sure you know i might just stay home yeah yeah yeah. i'd rather give it to these other djs that that are really hurting right now i ain't tripping right uh i mean i like i said i have a next another a real job that that i do and like i've been telling you earlier i'm not telling here but my little business plans that i have you know for the future and shit Mm -hmm. but i know it's, it's, it's definitely rough out here for the working class dj that that's all they do right now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? yeah. I mean, all their you know weddings got canceled. And yeah, I've had two weddings get canceled. Residencies and yeah, I mean, I had like I said, I had major b boy battles mm-hmm. that were like couldn't get a lot of exposure. You're about to bunk up with uh, what's the name? Remember? Uh, oh man, me and Flexum. Yeah, Flexum, <laughs> Flexum, Sexum. But, I mean, like I ain't tripping, man. I've been like at the bottom before, you know, with no gigs and shit like that. Like it's not a big. It's just it's not like, you know, it's not like to anyone who. Um, it's not like a personal thing to anybody. It's just what's happening, you know. So, yeah. you know, we'll, you'll be back on your feet or back where you, you know, were. Ah, yeah, I know I fucking am. It's just waiting for all this shit to be over with, you know. So I'm complying to the best of my ability so I can get on the other side and we can all get back to enjoying our yep. day-to-day lifestyles and, you know, go back to these large-scale art shows and go back to these large-scale b-boy battles, which I really miss, man, because... I think bro, I was I was doing some really huge battles mm-hmm. um, in a lot of big cities, and um, you know, doing like like the finals for these like heated battles. It's like it's fucking challenging. It's fucking dope, you know. 
so I really miss that energy. But What's the hardest part about DJing those kind of battles? I've done a few myself, but probably not to scale whether you've done for sure. But I've done, you know, my my fair share. But I guess we've always had other DJs there too. You know, whether it be you or E Double, or I think I've done with Sec One before and a couple other guys from Chicago. I did. Um, so I was the first non Chicago DJ to DJ the Battle of the Eagle in Logan Square. Okay. And it was me, E Double, uh, Illa, and Mos Def. And all of them, I'm probably the least experienced, you know, respectfully, because they've all been in the game a lot longer. But they're like, all right, do the final. Man, you fucking me. Damn. <laughs> you know, like, because, dude, it was Every fucking, time I DJ with, with any of those guys, dude, I, as far as D double or something like that for people, but I, I've always liked to DJ. I'll do the first ones, and I'll do the the in-between ones, you know. Preliminary, the, not, not, the ciphers. Yeah, the ciphers. You know, I'm down, but, you know, you take the big shit, you know what I'm saying, because you're the... But he would always push me to like, nah, nah, you know, do this, do that. Or he he wouldn't even, like, when he was supposed to jump on, he, would, he wouldn't jump on. He just Man, made me keep yeah, going. I'm like, dude, you motherfucker. Was a fucking not be- I don't think not because, uh, just to, you know, not to fuck with me, but to, yeah, to show me that, damn, yeah, motherfucker, you got yeah. it, you got it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it was a fucking, he's definitely, like, I mean, I didn't mention him, but he's one of my favorite DJs also, man, because he's so fucking, like, he's so Illinois? Versatile. Yeah, he's yeah. so versatile. But, dude, like, huge fucking crowd. You know, it was a free event. It's outside in Logan Square. Uh, it's like an eagle statue for anyone who's familiar with that area. It's like a big old park. And, dude, I mean, there must have been, like, five or 600 fucking people there. Yeah. It's like, man, what the fuck? And I can't remember who the final was because I wasn't even focused on the final. I was like, what am I going to play? Yeah. And it's like, you know. Luckily, you got to come with the heat. Yeah, man. The it's like, final so battle. Gonna play? And, you know, I, I have a few, like, tracks that I, I definitely do keep, like, in my, like, fucking... Like, the chamber it's, it's like a little in your head it's like a little red box that you have to break the glass and yeah shit. yeah <laughs> and like the red red phone at the White House <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? the whole office and I can't remember what I played dude but it's like I know I played something that was banging because everyone was into it and just keeping that energy yeah. and keeping those like those transitions man because it's like you know you don't like the last thing you want to do is mix during someone's set okay so that's another hard thing like what I Super try to hard. do I try to like the, the ones I've been in, so I bring it in right when the next the, the one dude finishes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So right when the, the next dude comes in, he has a fresh joint. And usually, man, the real musical breakers will usually end on that four, and you could drop it on the one. Like okay, yeah. But that's not always the case, man. Sometimes we'll do like one of those trick moves, get up, get back. Down, oh yeah. And like you know, depending on where you are in your track, like that fake out, and then yeah. they just jump back down. I'm like you, and you're like you're like on the break, and then you go back. It goes back to like the hook or the mm-hmm. chorus. I'm like man, fuck, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So and I mean, shit like that, man. It might not seem like it, mm-hmm. like important when you're looking at it, like from the outside, but to the dancer, yeah, to the DJ, sure. that's fucking everything, man. Yep. And that's like that one second transition is like the most fucking important part man so that's like definitely the trickiest part man it's keeping that energy keeping like a fair balanced mix of you know old tracks new tracks Mm -hmm. you know hip hop tracks you know underground shit you know contemporary shit and just trying to keep uh, trying to keep the dance whoever's dancing happy but keep that same energy man because you know it's to keep that energy like ongoing for four or five six hours it's fucking hard you know and you have to have that extensive library of music and the knowledge of what should I play now and what should I save to play later you know like prelims are the fucking worst man I've done prelims where it's like you know 32 fucking battles dude you know what I'm saying like I'm gonna play 32 you know so do you uh, for the most part a lot of the prelims they just they just have to keep on going 
pretty much. Yeah, right? yeah. So usually with those, I'll do one track, and I'll, I'll like I'll start it with the first breaker, and then I'll restart it with the second breaker. So I'm not playing two different tracks. Yeah, you know that's usually how I go, man. So if it's you know if it's sixty four people, it's thirty two battles. I'm playing thirty two tracks. Yeah, kind of like throwaway-ish, kind of cypher-ish. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of these battles, you do them by yourself. Lately, I, I did. Fuck. Man, dude, the last one, I did one. People don't understand how hard that is. <laughs> yeah. How long that is. Yeah, I did one, dude, I did one in Minnesota, in St. Paul, and it was this huge Hmong festival. I actually didn't fucking know how big this festival was. It was a night market, so like, it started at like 7, and it went to like midnight. So it was like, imagine the city market, but starting way later. And I got there, and I was like, oh, some people here dude by like 8 o'clock fucking packed at least a thousand fucking people there. wow fuck bitch <laughs> but so what yeah, happened do you get nervous doing I, I get nervous man but once I get into the groove you know once I get into like the, once I start seeing who's battling mm-hmm. you know how the battles are going what kind of like you know uh like if it's like many power battles or many forward you know top rocking battles you know yeah. with the Minnesota crowd I can really get away with like just really funky breaks but so this is a huge festival it's fucking all mongs bro a bunch of fucking like bloods and shit yeah. cool as fuck but like I'm DJing right and my shit just shuts off like man fuck. computer the mixer and the turntable right I'm like damn what the fuck and I'm like damn <laughs> you know I'm tripping dude and it was like mid prelims and I just push everything back on it turns out alright reboot it boom alright we're good it shuts off again and then, like, you know, now these dudes are looking at me. Like, yeah, I'm telling you, all these Hmong blood, yeah. <laughs> you know, all drinking Hennessy and shit. And then I look at the fucking stage and the lights were off. Because there was a big stage and they had lights. I'm like, hey, man, the lights are off. I'm like, so I'm trying to, it's not me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they're fucking generators. It was like the generator company didn't fill up one of the generators. So mm. it shut off, like, that whole section. Mm. And and they and they what's up bro what's up everything I'm like oh man it's not me it's, oh you good bro you good bro we got you man I'm like I thought they were gonna fuck me up oh word but the generator company like they did them fucking dirty because they never came back so we they had to finish I I, I we had already gotten the top four so the last five battles you know we had to do it just collapse and shit what like that. Yeah, and they wow. were pissed man and I'm telling you it's this huge Hmong business um like committee like they run this whole area in St. Paul like all these markets and stores and they do this huge it's a fucking big deal dude mm-hmm. they probably won't have this year obviously but dude like in that section alone at least a thousand people and it's like ten blocks um, and that dude that, the battle was fucking huge man but these I was like and they're about the the, the, um, the uh, generator people were kind of like these redneckish type of dudes like mm. they all had their shirts off and shit and like man they're fuck these dudes up man cause you know they're paying fucking top dollar fuck for you. cause it wasn't only powering the stage the sound myself it was also powering some of the vendors to keep like their food cold uh, their, or warm or whatever their ice cream and shit like that yeah. and they were fucking pissed man but you know but that's just one of those things that happens that again you're like man like what the fuck can I do to help the problem yeah. and really I couldn't do anything cause it wasn't me but uh you know, at first I fucking panicked, man. I was like, damn, yeah. man, my fucking laptop fucked up for the, yeah. you know, the worst thing would be That's the laptop the fucking up, especially mm-hmm. not having, you know, I'm 400 miles away from my house. Like, who the fuck's gonna have a laptop with Serato, you know, in the mixer? Or, you know what I'm saying? You're looking yeah. at all these variables and quick action, I saw that it was, the lights on the stage were off, so I knew it wasn't, it wasn't me, yeah. you know? But, yeah, man, when you get, you know, around these huge crowds, dude, uh, yeah, man, I still get nervous. But once the vibe is right, man, like 
like you know people are are you know they look at me when I play that track like oh shit like yes you know people are vibing like it makes it all all worth it man but unfortunately that day it was the uh, the generator company man fucked them up big time <coughs> yeah for the most part I'm pretty uh knowledgeable because everything anything and everything has happened to me while I've been DJing so mm-hmm. it's like any any problem I have I've been able to work through it you know what I'm saying. Oh, if it comes with power, well, that's a whole different thing. I've had fucking amps blow up um, because the power from the generator was too much. Mm-hmm. I should start smoking. Actually, the one that you're looking at behind you right there, I think that one blew. Something. Oh, the shit, yeah. I think that one, oh, that other one right there that has tape, that yeah, one damn. blew. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, man, those are things that happen in the field, and they just have to be prepared. Yeah. You know, because um, some things are in your control, but other things are not. And you just gotta hope that Luckily those dudes Like the Moan committee Of fucking St. Paul man They all understood Where the issue was You know Cause they didn't just Jump on yeah. me You know Cause like The, monk, the monk people Ain't nothing to fuck just, with me It was just me in stress Monk people The monk people from They're mountain people right Man dude And I respect Moan people Like I, I respect I believe they're from Vietnam and some From Laos, Laos too Hill people Yeah Yeah man uh, And dude, I have a lot of Monk friends Who I respect And I really love so I was like that day I really wanted to come through man like yeah, you know and, and they, were, they were all vibing man we were having a good time <clears throat> you know I'm back to drinking Henny and shit but uh, uh, yeah that, that motherfucker drink Henny I had PD on here last <laughs> week I had him drinking tequila he was like man it was, it was kind of rough for Dude, him but. that day uh, I don't know if you know who Charlie Rock is Chuck Rock who I've known since Ball? Madison yeah yeah Charlie from <clears throat> Madison yeah, yeah who now lives in Minnesota he's like hey man we're gonna go to my crib after and kick it and I was like, oh, cool with her. He's like, man, but, dude, he's like, all the St. Paul sold out of Henny. <laughs> he said he went to, like, fucking 10 to get, or liquor stores. Like, everywhere still out of it, man. I, like, pulled him aside, okay? I'm like, bro, it's the fucking most monk shit ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that motherfucker drink Henny for real, for real. Yeah, man. But, yeah, dude, you know, there's still, uh, I was really working my way up with these large-scale breaking battles, um, doing different cities. This year, I, re- I had probably, like, six different cities lined up that I'd, like, never been to and shit. But, um, you know, it's all on pause, man. It's like, I'm not tripping. It's all good, you know. Um, once everything gets back to normal, back to, like, uh, <clears throat> you know, safe for everyone to be out. Because, like, like, honestly, man, I-, I couldn't DJ battle right now in, like, good faith if, like, everyone can't be there. Like, if, yeah. you know, like, if people can't bring their kids and shit or, you know, you can't bring your whole, like, all your friends or, like, if it's, like, like recently I, I saw a battle... It was a private battle that was online, which is cool. Again, different format. I, I'm not knocking it, but it was only just for the B-Boys, right? So there was like 16 people there and like three judges and maybe a DJ, which is cool. You know what I'm saying? But it's like it, what really makes those battles, dude, is the people who don't go to battles. Like the best battles that I've DJed is when the audience like never sees a battle. Yeah, yeah. Like, so see, they're screaming and yelling. They'll see they the don't... most basic yeah. shit and just they'll lose their fucking minds. Yeah. And, but that like enhances the energy of the battle. You know, like, some of my favorite battles that I never got a chance to DJ, but I went to and you went to also were the ones in Madison. And yeah, by the lake there, there, yeah. Or, dude, like, half, more than half the people were just there drinking, mm-hmm. you know, just having a Friday night, you know, kick it. And they would see the fucking battles and they go crazy, man, because mm-hmm. they, you know, it's not shit that they see all the time. And when that energy gets put out there, dude, like... It makes everything that much better. It makes the the dancer dance better. You know, it makes the DJ a lot more confident with his tracks. Like, all right, mm-hmm. I can play some obscure shit and people are gonna fuck with it. But because uh, then they because B boys, we all I guess you could say we've all seen 
kind of like what everybody has done before yeah, we have or whatnot. So it's not so much. It's not so much to us like oh shit, but to these people that have no idea what the fuck. Right, like you know, still give, doing. He still give props, you know, when something's yeah. fucking dope. But people who don't see it often will like go like fucking bananas. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They'll go crazy. And uh, yeah, just right now, man, you know, I couldn't see myself being a part of something that's like, you know. That you can't get that full experience yeah. at whether you're the dancer, the DJ, the judge, or the crowd. You know what I'm saying right now. Definitely just, can't enjoy 25 percent of a capacity. Nah, man, anything, suck, you know what I'm saying? Or you would, you know, you'd feel like a fucking dick if, you know, like all right, man, well, we got enough people. Like you can't come in. Yeah, you know, like yeah. no, no one wants to be that. You person. have to wait in line and wait till everybody else yeah. leaves or something. Exactly, shit. man. Stuff that we've done in the past is inclusive to everybody. Like we don't turn anyone down. Mm-hmm. You know, we want people to bring their families and their kids and shit like that to enjoy. Uh, you know these uh, art shows and these battles and stuff like that. But right now, you know, it's just it's just a waiting game, man. And uh, it's cool seeing people do the progressive things, like I mentioned, the online battles and even like the private, you know, just sixteen, you know, type battles and shit like that. I mean, it's cool, you know, and, and it's it's I'm sure it's like helping out some people, man. But I just it's not for me personally, man. But I'm not knocking it. All right, so um, I guess we're gonna end it right here. But I, I had a question about um. You you recorded a mix for us today, correct? Mm-hmm. What kind of mix is it? Would you explain? Uh, so just for the sake of being a little different, man, I recorded uh, like a new metal mix. It's a bunch of shades to listen to in high school. Metal, new metal. So okay. well, that'd be like Linkin Park, ah, Slipknot, Corn, okay. mm. Mudvayne, yes, Rob yes. Zombie, uh, Ramstein, and like I freestyled it. I had all the tracks in my head. I got them. I had them all on my computer, and I freestyled it one take. And then when I heard it, because a lot of those tracks, dude, they're difficult to mix in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've never really done new metal like that. I've done certain rock tracks that are kind of like more geared towards the breaking, uh, you know, like Milo and Led Zeppelin and shit like yeah. that. But this is a different type of rhythm, man. So it was it was tricky. And when I heard it the the second time, I was like, man, you know, I realized what I could have did different. So like even just learning from myself you know so if i ever did a live metal set like it will sound a lot better than uh my mix um and you might hear it and be like oh there's no mistakes i counted mm-hmm. two personally um but yeah man it's all like metal shit it's all stuff i was i've been but like i've heard you, you you say this a lot but you like the mistakes i like i like making mistakes i like people knowing that i'm still human yeah, yeah you know yeah. i think those mistakes are like I don't know, man. I, I personally... You don't trust them perfect ass mixes. Man, sometimes it's hard to figure out what the fuck they do. Yeah. You know, and I fuck up. I fuck up in prison, but I'm, you know... Play I'll, fuck up. I'll, 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 uh, I'll fix it fast, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I like those I like those imperfections. It reminds me a lot of, like, jazz music. Like, when you hear jazz music, it's, like, not just this clean-cut, you know, sound. It's, like, there's a lot of mistakes that you don't realize are there but mm-hmm. they become a part of the the song of the, the song whatever track yeah, whatever. of the vibe so yeah man a lot of new metal stuff um, I was listening to when I was younger and I just recently started listening to again just for shits and kicks alright nice alright Vic I appreciate you coming through on this good Thursday um I wouldn't no it's, it's not Thursday it's Friday I don't <laughs> even know what day it is this COVID got me fucked up man I don't know but uh, yeah, man, thank you for coming out. Thank you for uh, explaining and uh, interviewing with us and uh, dro- for dropping this mix. What do you want to call the mix? Or what you call it? I call this Say, S-A-Y-10. Say 10? 
Oh, uh, you want them motherfuckers on you when you record? So you, you're running out of shit to <laughs> save it as. <laughs> no, just say it six times fast. Would you say say ten? Oh, okay. <laughs> you, all right, I get. I see you. I see you shining. All right, but yeah, all right, Vic. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Monster Mash out. All right, man. Peace, everyone. Peace. Say ten. <laughs> say ten.